Welcome to Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationship is strong, you're able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so that you have the courage to live your best life. I'm Rebecca Mullen, a relationship coach living in Western Colorado, and today I'm going to continue to introduce you to my three-part relationship framework, partner, friend, and lover. We'll talk about why companionship builds trust between you and your sweetheart, and I'll give you a date night discussion prompt to make it easier to spot the ways you and your sweetheart are good at being companions. Do you and your sweetheart give yourselves time to just hang out? Last week, I told you about the schema I created for the three roles inside your primary relationship, partner, friend, and lover. Last week, we talked about the partner. This week, we're going to talk about the friend. But just by way of review, a partner feels intimacy when you share a project, a friend feels intimacy when you share stories, and a lover feels intimacy when you share a new experience. When we're both playing the same role, partner, friend, or lover, it's easy to connect with our sweetheart because we know what to expect and how to connect. And conversely, it's painful when we're both in different roles and we've got different expectations. So I want to tell you today about a time that my husband needed me to be his friend and I was stuck completely entrenched in partner mode. My husband came home from work frustrated and overwhelmed one day and this is rare for him because my husband dispositionally is just sort of the essence of easygoing. He's never bothered by things. But I poured us both a drink, I set out some olives, I sat down beside him, and I asked him what was wrong. So far, I am totally getting a gold star in the companionable friend department. My husband needed my understanding, and I was making space. His overwhelm made him feel lonely, and I listened, which is exactly what he needed. (laughs) Except, can you feel the butt coming? But then, once I felt like I understood the conundrum he was facing, the partner role inside of me just got out a list and started offering solutions. Here's where my relationship went off the rails. I told you a story last week about the toughest time in my marriage when I was putting my husband through medical school and my mom died. David and I both were living in a state of overwhelm during those years. And when I feel out of control, I get very partnery wanting to get the situation fixed and under control. I suspect I am not the only one who does that. As David popped an olive in his mouth, I reverted to that all business, gotta stay focused mindset I'd had back in medical school when life was a constant pressure cooker. And I thought I had a great idea to help him. (laughs) But (laughs) confession, I was pretty uptight. (laughs) So I don't think he felt it as help. And this evening, my husband didn't need my help. There was absolutely nothing in my power I could do to fix his situation. He just needed me to be a friend, to understand him, and to give him a place to vent. 
He was overwhelmed, and he just needed me to listen to him. We talked last time about the partner role in our relationship as the engine. It's a great part of the relationship because it keeps us moving forward and on track. But an engine without a chance to rest breaks down. The friend role provides that hard stop that's needed to let go of work mode. That's, that's how the soft, no agenda vibe of friend complements the partner. The friend in your relationship says, hey, you know what? We've been pushing hard. We just need time to hang out. Our olive and drink evening happened to be years after my husband had finished medical school, but habits formed in our relationship, and this podcast is all about habits for your happily ever after. When it came to solving problems of medicine, I had sort of developed one method of connection with my husband. I was a fabulous helper. That made me a great partner, but my marriage didn't just need to be about finding solutions. In fact, at this season of my marriage, my marriage didn't have many problems to be solving, certainly not like before. We just needed time to rest together. My husband set down his drink. He turned to me and said, you're being Phil. And you know what? I knew exactly what he meant right away. David was talking about Phil from Modern Family. If you've seen this episode, Phil is sitting in a spa surrounded by women when his wife Claire calls and she's having a bad day. And she asks Phil to make dinner. I'm having a rough day, she says. He asks what's wrong. And Claire describes a sweater incident between their two daughters. Claire is searching all over town for the same sweater and, re- and she wants to replace the sweater before the incident causes trouble between their daughters. She's frustrated because she can't find the sweater. Don't do that, says Phil. He tells Claire to just explain to their older daughter what happened. Claire says she won't understand. And Phil, who is sitting in a spa, massaged and pampered and worry-free, says, oh, sure, she'll understand. And his wife says, no, Phil, you don't understand. And then Claire's voice gets all squeaky because she's trying not to yell, Phil, Can you just take care of making dinner? That is all I'm asking. And he still doesn't get it. And he persists. I'm just telling you there's a simpler way to do this. And Claire says, there's no simpler way. Just make dinner. And she hangs up. Phil rolls his eyes. And then he looks up from the phone, expecting all his spa girlfriends to commiserate with him because His wife had just hung up on him. But every eye in that salon is staring him down because we all know he was being a doofus and we all saw it except him. The scene continues as the entire salon of women coach him how to handle the situation. (laughs) Phil, the perfect doofus, says, you mean when she tells me she has a problem, I'm not supposed to try and help her fix it? says this dumbfounded if she lets me help her I can make her problem go away and the woman next to him says she doesn't want you to solve her problems she wants you to give her support so she can solve her own problems 
there it is. And I totally recognized myself. I was being Phil to my husband. But it wasn't a torn sweater. It was an entire hospital in a crazy medical system where things were falling apart. Yeah, and I thought I was going to fix that tonight over olives. So my husband's day at work tomorrow would be better. Doofus right here. (laughs) My husband just wanted me to be there for him and provide the comfort of a safe place where he could get away from all those pressures. A safe place. That's what the friend inside your marriage does best. We all long for that safe spot where we can let down our guard and just relax. This is the realm of the friend. Being a good friend will improve your marriage because you'll understand each other. Understanding each other deepens trust. And this trust will anchor you as companions because we all crave a place where we are truly known. I would have been a better friend to David if I'd just listened. I'd have made him feel understood if I validated how frustrated he was. But years of stress had built a trigger for me, a habit, when it came to all things medicine-oriented. And I reacted based on that old pattern, that habit created while he was in school. I was in default partner mode in those days. And it was, it was actually my job in those early days to make things work. So I responded from that habit that was well-established. And guess what? That habit wasn't helpful. That's why I really like looking at these three roles of partner, lover, and friend and questioning. Are we getting the balance we need of each role? Are we supportive and understanding like a good friend? Are we enriching each other's lives with excitement and the imagination of a lover? Are we good helpers for one another like a partner? I want to be constantly curious about what these three roles do and how they form habits. The fact that habits are forming in your marriage isn't negotiable. What we can negotiate is what habits form. Are our habits helping us create the happily ever after we want? Or are our habits slowly corroding the fabric of our love and eroding trust and stopping the fun we share together? It's easy to relax with a friend in your relationship because life is so cozy. But rest is the sunny side of laziness. So to help you recognize the friend role in your relationship, here's a couple clues to look for. When you want to vent about your bad day, you will feel loved by the friend in your marriage. A friend is understanding and patient They listen and nod. A friend loves to ask questions, and their curiosity helps bring clarity. You'll want a friend in your marriage when you want to relax. A good friend will be there beside you just going with the flow. A friend doesn't have an agenda. 
but you might feel frustrated by the friend in your relationship when they lack motivation. Because a friend doesn't live on a tight agenda, it can be frustrating that you're always the one to motivate a project or an adventure. If your sweetheart is truly great at the skill set of friend, their ease with other people and their investment in understanding others might sometimes leave you feeling a little lonely or jealous by comparison. But the great thing about having a friend in your sweetheart is that you'll always have a safe spot where you feel at home, where you are known exactly for who you are and loved just as you are. Last week, we talked about how the partner is the engine of life, keeping everything moving forward and on track. And because the partner engine is powerful and keeps things running on time, you'll often notice the friend role takes a back seat when partner needs a rise. But imagine that train that is running on such tight deadlines. There's no time to sit in the station and get overhauled, no oiling, no repairs. During the medical school years in my life, when there were kids in school and family tragedies, it felt like there was no time to oil that runaway train that was our life. If you have kids and a career and extended family, you know what I mean. You're running on borrowed time. During any partner-heavy phase of life, there's lots of stress and little time. And when you don't have time to tend to your friendship, your happily ever after is in jeopardy. Connecting with your sweetheart as friends is how you can let that engine rest. Can you imagine how long a train engine would run if it never got a chance to rest and cool off? And next week, we're going to talk about how the lover role provides lubrication for that engine, just as a little highlight. Heads up. <laughs> if you're in a chaotic season of your relationship, can you invite your friendship back into your marriage? How would you know your friendship is missing? Well, things will feel adversarial instead of friendly. You'll say things like, Ugh, my sweetheart doesn't do their fair share. Or, Ugh, I carry the bigger burden all the time. We've all said that, right? And experienced that feeling. Yeah, but if you can invite the friendship back into your relationship, it reminds you how much fun you have together and fun and relaxation of laughter. It smooths away all the edges, all that work that needs to get done. Friendship reinforces the feeling that you are each other's safe spot. Laughter and relaxation help you and your sweetheart remember that you're on the same team and instead of adversaries, you'll remember your companions. Let's look a little bit more at the conversation with my husband. This conversation happened after medical school, like I mentioned, years after all those pressures of studying and young kids and people dying had faded away, and our life was running pretty smoothly. But habits create patterns in the, your relationship, and the habit that we didn't consciously create, but it stuck nonetheless, is that when there's pressure because of Dave's career, I go into partner mode and take care of details so he is free to focus. And that habit may have helped us survive a difficult phase of our life, but it had long ago stopped serving us. In fact, now that habit was driving a wedge between us because David certainly wasn't feeling helped when I tried to fix his situation and became Phil. And what's worse, he didn't feel understood. 
that made him feel more alone with his problem than if he hadn't even talked to me in the first place. So you know what he learned to do? He learned to stop talking to me about all things related to his work. And you know what happened as a result of that? I felt left out. I felt left out of a huge part of his life. I felt lonely. And then I felt abandoned as his friend. And there it was. A whole new habit born from an old wound. Silence between us. (sighs) Less sharing led to more isolated feelings on both our parts. When you feel isolated from the person you love, you make up stories, or at least I made up stories in my head, he doesn't love me anymore. Or there's someone else he's telling his stories to. And when I get in my head like that, I got lonelier and lonelier, and I felt more and more isolated. And then I became like a dog who's been chained up and left alone, and I'd lunge, and I'd bite at my husband anytime he came near. And because he felt attacked, he avoided me. And the more he avoided me, the more isolated I felt. And there it was again, a new habit. But it certainly wasn't creating our happily ever after. Next week, I'll tell you about how the lover role in our marriage helped us break this habit of isolation, loneliness, and misunderstanding. And spoiler alert, Having a big adventure reminded us why we're friends and why we trust each other so much. And what's funny to me is that as I was thinking about this story and remembering the film moment, that adventure we took so thoroughly broke that habit that it reformed the way I remembered the Phil story. I was laughing and I was lighthearted. When you can embrace adventure, it actually resets even your memories. David remembers the Phil moment too, too, and we joke about it all the time. We were able to chase that isolation away and renew the friendship we have. I just wanted to tell you this story today so you'd see how valuable the role of friend is in your marriage and how quickly and unconsciously a habit can form. This is why I am passionate about habits that create a happily ever after. My hope is that when I share a story of a moment in my marriage I'd like to do over, it might resonate with you and you can wake up to the unconscious habits you might be forming. This segment of my show is where I offer you a date night discussion prompt. But remember that my definition of a date is just simply connection. Don't wait for dinner out with a tablecloth. Ask the question while you're overlapping in the bathroom in the morning or while you're making dinner. Allow connecting to be low-key so the questions don't feel loaded. Here's my questions for this week. When do you feel like I'm being a good friend to you. This is something you would ask your sweetheart. When do you feel like I'm being a good friend to you? Or next, when have you felt really understood by me? That'll give you a clue about what kind of behavior you do that makes your sweetheart feel your friendship keenly. And the last question is, 
when are we best at just hanging out together and not having an agenda? I've talked to tons of couples, and what I've noticed is that everybody has some reliable activities that reset them as friends and help them relax together. Hearing the answers to these questions will help inform you how to find comfort in each other's company. You might realize that movement helps, that your sweetheart feels your friendship when you're walking or driving in a car, or you might find your sweetheart feels understood when you're on the couch, feet in each other's lap, or something else. And I want to know what that something else is, because it's the little moments that impact the life of your marriage and create habits. And today, I'd love to know how you and your sweetheart are able to be good friends. I want to know what your comfort spot is, and I want to know how you feel understood by your sweetheart and how they feel understood by you. If you want to find these questions written down, you can find them at the show notes, habitshappilyeverafter.com backslash podcast. And this is episode number six. Hey, I want you to sign up for my newsletter so we can stay connected and so you don't miss any podcast episodes or any other news I share just in my newsletter. Click the link in the show notes and sign up for my newsletter. That's it for today. I'm Rebecca Mullen, and this has been Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're better able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so you can have the courage to live your best life. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd be grateful if you'd send a link to your friend. Habits for Your Happily Ever After is produced by Grace Smith. All our music and sound comes from Walk West Productions. I'm Rebecca Mullen. Thanks for including me in your relationship today.